you know how the story originally broke? The Packers podcaster named Big B. Shout out, Big oh, B. Jamal Williams is inside the 30, out in front, a Green Bay touchdown. Jamal Williams is the GOAT, the GOAT. That's all you need to know. Guys, let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. Welcome back to the Underage Packers podcast. This is episode 139. Today we are here after a long break from talking to each other. We've had some busy times in our life. I've been adjusting to the University of Missouri, moving in here. Big B, after procrastinating, putting it off for a long time, has been in driver's ed. He was down in Green Bay for one of the joint practices with New England. So, uh, Big B, good to talk to you again. I know. It feels weird seeing you in a whole different setup behind you, which you can't really tell with the blur- blurriness, but it's yep. it's different. Yeah. Uh, like we were talking pre-show, this is hopefully the last episode that I have to do in this dorm room setting. Hopefully we are able to figure something better out um, with the resources I have here. But... With that being said, it is preseason football, and there's plenty of stuff to talk about since we last talked. Um, it is 9.30 in the morning, so I apologize if I don't seem as enthusiastic to talk about guys like Keyshawn Banks. Um, but a lot happening in that preseason game against New England that was unfortunately cut short because of that injury to the Patriots player. Uh, but in the first three quarters and five minutes, a lot of interesting stuff ran out by the Packers that we uh, will have to talk about that kind of might give us some hints as to what they might do Tuesday, August 29th, when they have to cut down from 90 to 53 players. Um, And today we're going to kind of review some of those camp battles that we had talked about uh, near the end of July um, and then see what the Packers might end up doing uh, for those decisions. So first off, let's talk about this offensive line group that has been very interesting to watch all of training camp here and especially this past week and a half here as Rashid Walker has kind of emerged out of the shadows out of Yash Naiman and Zach Tom, I would say, and has been getting a lot of looks at left tackle. Um, He has pretty much been LT or offensive tackle in general, number two, for these past two weeks, who is the first starter at left tackle. And obviously, they're not going to run David Bakhtiari out there in the preseason. But starting ahead of Yash Nyman there, and especially because Zach Tom then, when Rashid was in at left, Zach Tom was in at right tackle. So I don't think this any means anything for Yash. Um, they still really like him, and I have no doubt he's going to make this roster. Um, and really... There's just so much to be happy about with how much offensive tackle depth they have, especially with David Bakhtiari, who is only getting older, who is still dealing with some of the after effects of his ACL injury from the last day of 2020. Um, So having three reliable offensive tackle starters, it seems, who can play both positions is uh, really uh, such a blessing. For this Packers team, um, Bigby, what have you thought of this offensive tackle competition and um, just how they perform so far? Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been it's been a battle, I guess you could say. Um, really, they really haven't switched it up much except uh, Rashid Walker. 
They've flip-flopped um, Yash and Zach a lot at both spots. But then just last week, Rashid made a jump in and started um, last week for like the first time, which was surprising to see. And then, of course, played the preseason game and then, of course, started every every day this week with Bakhtiari being out during practices. Um, I've been really surprised by Rashid since it seems like he did absolutely nothing last offseason. <laughs> he was quiet on his his part. I know that the coaches stayed after practice a few times last year and really worked with him. I think it was Luke, Luke Buckus and Stenovich both stayed behind, which um, seems like it really helped him. And it gives us a lot more flexibility with potentially trading Yash, which I don't think will happen, and potentially trading Bakhtiari in the middle of the year if everything just goes south and everything is a disaster by the trade deadline. Yeah, the David Bakhtiari potential trade has been a point of conversation over these past few weeks. And really, I think it's fueled by Aaron Rodgers, like tagging him on his Instagram story. <laughs> and my God, Aaron, please just leave us alone. But uh, Gutekind's hey, this Kurt, past... Hey, Kurt Kurt didn't help either. He didn't really help that yeah, at all. Definitely not. Um, but Gutekind's this past week did say something along the lines of, we're not trading David. Um you know, can things change like you mentioned by the trade deadline? Sure. I would rather him not go to the Jets, who we are dependent on to play bad. Um yeah. but hey, um that, that offensive line from the Jets will be an interesting uh thing to watch, and we just gotta hope they are able to get us to that 65%. Um not as enthusiastic as of a delivery as uh, Mark Murphy's was on that radio show. But 65% is that magical number for Aaron Rodgers there. Uh, back to Green Bay, the important team here. Uh, let's talk about the running back position because um, this, this competition was one that we talked quite a bit about heading into training camp. And uh, the the way it played out uh, was interesting, and it really came down to two main guys and Patrick Taylor and then Emmanuel Wilson. And I feel like this has been the story for the, the running back three battle for the past, like, two or three years. Yeah, Patrick Taylor in there, who you know, is going to be able to do the fundamentals. And then you have a running back who comes in, looks really good against a team's two and threes, um, is just so shifty and fast. You know, this year was Wilson. Last year was Tyler Goodson. Um, and then Patrick Taylor always ends up making the roster. And not to hate on Patrick Taylor, but we haven't seen anything too exciting from him at all in the preseason. However, I still do think he is going to be the one that ultimately gets the third uh, running back position. Um, Big B, I know you talked about on your Twitter this week. I know you're a big fan of Patrick Taylor's Twitch as well. So I'm interested Uh to hear uh, what you have to say about this uh, running back three competition going on. Yeah. And, uh, and don't get me wrong. Like I love Emmanuel Wilson because you know, I was there literally the first day he got signed and literally and me and my buddy Easton got got the information from Brian that we signed him and mm. we know got pictures the first day. Anyways, and then of course he follows me on Instagram. But that's a whole whole nother story that doesn't matter in this yeah. conversation. But I love Emmanuel Wilson, but 
He's got to play special teams. He's got to pass, protect. And if you don't do those things, you know, you're not making this roster as yeah. RB3. Patrick Taylor has, has balled out on special teams this preseason. I think he had 11 tackles versus the Patriots wow. on special teams, which is huge Yeah, for getting that RB3 spot. Also had that touchdown, Lambo Leap, which was mm-hmm. awesome. Some to see. I freaked out. Um, but if you just if you if you don't do those things, which Emmanuel Wilson hasn't really done I, that I've seen, and we haven't really seen him pass block that much, like he's not making this roster. And and we heard and we heard Matt Lafleur say in his press conference earlier this week that Emmanuel Wilson needs to work on his conditioning, which is actually kind of surprised me since it seems like he was in like every single play running the football. <laughs> Um, so that was definitely a surprise, but I think having Emmanuel Wilson on the practice squad will definitely benefit him. And I think we can sneak him on because everybody has, every team has that right few players that fan, like the fan base thinks that, Oh my God, they're never going to make the practice squad. We got to keep them. And then they end up being on the yeah. practice squad anyways. And with the new NFL rules with them being able to protect four players every week, I think it's I think Emmanuel Wilson will be safe on the practice squad. Yeah, definitely. And you know, the the practice squad thing, you bring up a good point. Andy Herman made a good video at the start of training camp talking about how in the modern NFL with the practice squad rules, how easy it is to elevate players. You're not really needing to look at the fifty three man roster, more so the sixty nine players that you're able to keep. Um, with you know, 15 16 practice squad members there. Um, and then also Kenneth Odemawegu from Nigeria, who won't even count as a practice squad or a roster spot. Um, and also, like, I, I just think there's really no need to keep a third running back with how easy it is to use your the three game day elevations you get for each player. Um, you know. Just use those up. I remember in 2020, uh, a game against the 49ers, A.J. Dillon had COVID, and I think Aaron Jones was recovering from like a, a ankle injury that he was going to be able to play through, but it'd be risky to expect him to carry the 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 whole horse there. Um, and I think, I think they elevated Patrick Taylor in that game because otherwise they would have just had half a running back going into that game against San Fran. Um, so yeah, practice squad elevations are going to be the Packers friend this year for sure. And also like you say, I don't think there's any uh, risk take risk taking by putting Emmanuel Wilson on the practice squad. And the same thing goes for Tyler Goodson and then the draft pick Lou Nichols. Um, okay. Another camp competition that we have to update defensive ends. And this really isn't a competition, but more so two players who have mightily impressed in the preseason so far. First, you have Carl Brooks uh, out of Auburn, and then you have um, Brunton Cox, the undrafted free agent out of Florida. Both of them really making some strides in this preseason. I've been really impressed with Brunton Cox. Um, you know, the, the playbook on him uh, is pretty much what we had once we first signed him um really fast guy got kicked off of two college football teams which is concerning but uh <laughs> hopefully now being in the NFL he gets his 
head screwed on right and uh, is able to contribute to this team, whether that's uh, first on the roster or uh, starting out on the practice squad. Um, Bigby, any thoughts you want to add on this defensive end group? I know you have, I think, Colby Wooden in your profile picture right now. Oh, yeah. I love, I love me some Colby Wooden, which I won't go on a big tangent about him either. But, but yeah, Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks really, really impressed during the Patriots game. I thought they both made big strides, and they've really made big strides the past few weeks in practice also, which you'd love to see because we need need to get Kenny Clark some help. Yep. Please, we need some consistency along that defensive line other than Kenny Clark. Hopefully they'll be the guys – and you know, Brenton Brenton Cox has looked powerful. He's looked he looks he looks really good. And mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna make the 53 man roster since there's a lot of guys at the outside linebacker spot. And now yeah. that Rashawn Gary seems like he's on track to playing week one, I think he's the sixth guy looking in, and I don't think they'll keep six outside linebackers. Yeah, that outside linebacker position is one of the most pleasant surprises of training camp, I would say. And I guess we should have seen it coming, but like the the Packers seriously have five, six guys at that position where if they were starting week one, I'd be like, okay, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is not like having Clay Matthews and Nick Perry as your only two pass rushers. In 2018, I mean, you have Rashawn Gary, who has competed in team drills uh, this week. Just so incredibly surprised with his injury progress. You have J.J. Anagbar, who just had an amazing game against the Patriots, had a strip sack on Bailey Zapp. Um, So impressed with him. You have Preston Smith, of course, a veteran. Justin Holland's another veteran in there who, when was asked to step in last year, did great. And then, of course, the rookie, Lucas Van Ness. So they they have great starters, three of them, and then they also have the depth behind them. So that outside linebacker position is certainly looking good in the neighborhood, I would say. Okay, two more position groups I wanted to talk about. First, the wide receiver position, which has been interesting to watch how this shakes up. Uh, I would say you have four locks right now to make this roster. Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Dante Vionwicks is a lock. However, he had a concussion early on in training camp towards hamstring against New England. So who knows what his status is there. Um, and then after that, you have three guys who I'm very intrigued to see who they, they keep out of here. They could, you know, if Dontavian Wick starts on the PUP for the season, then they could keep all three of these guys. But Samari Torre, Grant Bose, Malik Heath. Uh, Malik Heath had just an outstanding game against the Patriots. Um, had a really good minicamp. He has perfectly executed the, the ladder for undrafted free agent to make his way onto this roster. Good minicamp. Stack that on top of good training camp. And then when the pads come on in the preseason has not uh, disappeared. So I really like Malik. He wears that number 18 jersey very well. Um, you know, Jaden Reed is a more apt comparison to Randall Cobb. But Malik Keith can wear it too, for sure. Um, 
you know, Bigby, whatever you thought about all three of those kind of fringe, questionable guys at that wide receiver position. Yeah, well, I mean, Malik Heath is a dog. Like, I didn't. Yeah. He just came out of freaking nowhere this offseason. And I absolutely love what he's been putting on tape during the, in the preseason. He's he's really balled out. He's been the quarterback's best friend. He has made great catches. He's made strong hand catches. His route running has been great. Like, I I don't. I, I think he's going to make it the roster. I yeah. really I really do think he's going to sneak onto the 53-man roster. That um, drafted free agent who makes the team. Like, he's been that impressive this year, and I'm super excited to see him develop and see what the future holds for Keith. He's even ran with the once this week, mm-hmm. which is insane to think. Yeah, that that's nuts. Uh, props from Lee Keith. Congrats to him for that. For this great offseason here. Um, yeah. I, I did want to talk about some Artoria a little bit because it's so interesting how like Twitter can completely flip the conversation about a player within like 15 minutes. Like there is a lot of dogma of Packers Twitter. Like that is just the nature of it. Like there's a lot of group think on there. So I think it was like yeah. Jacob Westendorf or uh, Ross Uglum. Uh, who first tweeted out like that eh, Samari Torre just isn't that special. I don't see it in him. And then like 20 minutes after that, like everybody was saying, yeah, I really don't see Samari Torre's chances <laughs> at making this roster. Uh, and I'm not saying they're wrong, uh, but yeah. definitely, definitely a lot of group think there. So I still like Samari Torre. I think he does the simple stuff, right? Um, you know, you do have to mention Grant Bose as well in there. Um, seventh round draft pick this year. So wide receiver room will be interesting. I think I, I really hope that Tavia Wicks is ready to start the year. Um, because, you know, not only do I want him as a playmaker, but also, I mean, he's probably the best run blocker out of that whole group right there. So that would be huge to have him there week one. But if he is on the PUP. It's kind of wild that, um, Samari Toure just kind of like disappeared. Like it's yeah, like he's just disappeared. Like I, it, I haven't like heard anything about Samori Toure like at all after his um like mini camp. Like it's insane. Well, he did have uh two or three great passes, great catches from Sean Clifford in week one of the preseason. But that is true. That is true. Yeah, the, the conversation on him has definitely died down a little bit. But mm-hmm. knowing the Packers, they're probably going to keep him, but not Malik Keith. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, okay, now uh, let's let's send it off here by talking about Anders Carlson and his struggles. Um, you know, you know, Anders, uh, he so he played at Auburn and last year, uh, Mizzou had a game against Auburn where it came down to the fourth quarter, very close game. Neither of the offenses were that great that day, and they were tied at 14 with like five minutes left and um, Harrison Mevis, big old boy kicker for Mizzou. um, He, he misses a kick um, late in the game that would have won Missouri the game. And then Anders Carlson for Auburn does the same exact thing. And I think it was like a 30 yarder. So that is my knowledge of Anders Carlson in clutch situations. And I I just struggle to like get past the idea um, that 
Andrews is like benefiting from his brother's relationship with Rich Basaccia. Like I, I'm not sure what they are seeing in him. Um, you know, like it, it seems like he has a leg, but your leg is only so great. Like that's that's great if you can kick it 80 yards, but I would prefer that it fits through those bright yellow goalposts at the end of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it has been fascinating to watch how day in and day out it's like not not a a case of like a bad day at a bad (laughs) breakfast for Anders Carlson like he just is not making much in training camp um so I don't know what they're going to do um they could very well sign another kicker um but it's it is frustrating I I hate to be on the crowd that like overemphasizes um, draft position um, or draft pick because he was a sixth rounder, you know, that, you know, that's, that's pretty much a toss up wherever you go with that. But it is frustrating to see them best of draft pick in the sky. And he just doesn't seem to have it. Um, Big B, what are your thoughts on Anders frustrating performances and uh, what they might do at the kicker position this year? Yeah, I mean, he made that um, one kick versus the Patriots. I think it was like a 50-yarder. That is true. But He had I that mean, one. He had that one. But other than that, he hasn't had much. Yep. I, I just don't. I, yeah, I don't like, just like you said, I don't know what they see in him at all. I don't know what they're going to do. I definitely don't have a lot of confidence in Anders Carlson. And every time he yeah. makes a field goal, like I'm actually like shocked he did because I'm fully expecting <gasps> it to go either wide left or wide right. Yeah. I I don't know if like yeah, I don't know. He's just yeah. he's just bad. He's just bad. That's all I can say. He's just bad. Yeah, you know, Brian Gudikins has emphasized a lot this offseason, um, like at the tight end position and the wide receiver position too, that they're ro- really focusing on getting these young guys playing time. For kickers though, like I, I don't know how much like the game doesn't change much besides like the goalposts uh, getting um, thinner. Like the game doesn't change much for you as a kicker from when you're a freshman in high school to, well, I shouldn't say that because that's false. But like you, you have to have it. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned uh, if Carlson has it at this point in time. So maybe they send another kicker. You know, I know the commanders just cut, I believe it was Michael Badgley. Um, mm-hmm. And then did, did the Buccaneers cut um, Sanchez too? Um, it was Blankenship, I think. Blankenship, that's right. So there, there is some veteran kickers on the market at this point. Hey, Mason Crosby's out there. If you want a guy who can't, do a kickoff past the 20 yard line. Um <laughs> yeah. But who knows what they do. I I I do think they're gonna stick with Carlson until like week four if he is losing them games. Um mm-hmm. but kicker position for the first time like in eighteen years and even before that, um um first time we've had to be concerned about that. Uh, so 
I, I'm I'm more concerned. If you would have told me like five years ago that I'd be more concerned about the time that Mason Crosby left than I was like when Aaron Rodgers would be leaving, uh, I I would have thought you were crazy. But here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, uh, I swear Carlson like costs us games. Like I I will not be okay, and my TV might be going out my window. Yeah. Um. Because, you know, the most frustrating thing I have learned from watching football is when the special teams cost you football mm-hmm. games. That is the most frustrating thing that could possibly happen in a football game. And if it comes down to Carlson missing a kick, I will, I will, you will hear it on Twitter is all I'm saying. <laughs> there will be some not nice words headed towards Anders Carlson. Yeah, uh, I'm sure of that. Um, so Anders is certainly on an uphill battle to gain the respect of Packers fans and hopefully he proves us wrong after a, a pretty disastrous training camp let's be honest so I think that's all we have for you today here on the Nourish Packers podcast like I said we've been busy so we haven't been able to do as much content as we'd like uh, over these past two weeks but go, we're going into the season now very close to that first game on September is it the 10th that I know it's like it's the ninth. Okay. I know it's the weekend uh before September eleventh when Aaron Rodgers makes his Jets debut. Yeah. Uh ironic. Um <laughs> so that's all we have for you today on on the Underage Packers podcast. Make sure subscribe to all of our content. Like I said, we'll hopefully be back sometime in the next few weeks here. Once the Packers make that 53 roster cut uh cut down, we'll be talking about that. And uh, we're getting to a really exciting time of the year, besides it being like 105 degrees out in the entire Midwest. Um, But we'll talk to you later. And as always, go Pack Go.